to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to church tonight. I want to give a big shout out to all our six campuses across Icon Church, Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield, Stocksbridge, Rotherham, and of course, our online campus. My name is Paul, and together with Jeannie, my wife, we're the lead pastors at uh, Icon Church. We're starting a new series in our Sunday 6 p.m. service, and it's called Asking for a Friend. And I'm really excited for the next three weeks because we're going to tackle three really significant subjects. Today, we're going to talk about the issue of racism. And in particular, the title tonight is White Privilege, Is It a Thing? And I'm pleased to have with me Natalie uh, from our Chesterfield campus and also Moeti from our Chesterfield campus, although Moeti, Nancy and his family did help us launch our Sheffield campus a few years ago. So I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves, what they do, and also why they perhaps have got some authority to speak on this issue. So Natalie, over to you okay. first. I'm first. Um, yeah, my name is Natalie. Um, I am an educational psychologist in Derbyshire who is interested in systemic racism, um, in education in particular, but uh, in general as well. And so I've done lots of research um, around that. I'm also on an uh, anti-racism journey myself. So I am uh, uh, enrolled on Nova Reads um, online course uh, where I'm working on my own um, inner racism and looking at what that looks like and and, and uh, sort of going deep with it if you like and of course I can speak on white privilege because I am white and um, and so I have, a, I have a personal experience of it as well. Yeah and also your family, you're married. Sorry yeah <laughs> yes yeah. I'm Rob's very nervous. <laughs> no, yes. And also I'm very nervous. And uh, yes, uh, so yes, I am white, as you can see. Uh, my husband is black and I have two children of dual heritage. Fantastic. Moeti. Okay. Uh, so my name is uh, Moeti, um, healthcare management uh, consultant. I am uh, married to Nancy. We've got uh, three beautiful daughters. Uh, obviously, uh, the, you know, the topic is of interest to me because one, I'm a black man. Uh, secondly, um, I'm a parent, uh, uh, raising three daughters, uh, in a white, uh, predominantly white environment and white country. Uh, therefore I need to be able to understand how I can, uh, navigate the journey of life with them and be able to be, uh, uh beneficial to, you know, to them and be able to answer those questions. Obviously, I work in a, you know, in an industry that is uh, very uh, diverse, but also uh, has got quite a lot of that uh, uh, <clears throat> authority at the top, which, you know, which represents uh, um, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, white uh, privilege uh, because of uh, this, you know, the, the management structure and things like that. So I'm able, to, I've, I've been able to see that firsthand, uh, been able to see how to, you know, try and navigate that. So, Hopefully, uh, I can bring something to the table that will be uh, of benefit to everybody. Fabulous. I'm sure you both can. Let's, let's kick off with a definition of white 
privilege and maybe over to you Natalie yeah. to do um, that so for yeah us. I've just uh, made a this is the only thing I've made a couple of notes on yeah. um so this is the definition of white privilege that I've picked up. White privilege is the societal privilege that benefits people whose society identifies as white beyond what is commonly experienced by non-white people under the same societal, social, political or economic circumstances. Um, white privilege is um, an inevitable bypass of white supremacy and colonialism, um, or countries that were built on white supremacy and colonialism. It doesn't mean being born, born into money. It doesn't mean that you live without hardship or trauma or loss, devastation or upheaval. It just means that white people are born into the social majority and therefore their race won't be an obstacle to their taking part in that society. It's not an attack on you. All white and white passing people, whether they like it or not, will benefit from these, um, the way that these structures function. We all have an important choice to make. We can choose to be offended or we can choose to rise up and be part of the powerful solution. In short, white privilege is never having to think about the colour of your skin. No, that's a great final definition because mm. somebody once asked me the question, when have you had to think about the color of your skin and I can only recount one instance in my whole life where the color of my skin to me was an issue and uh, and I guess that that wouldn't be true for a black person that would be more common um, so our next question really just mm -hmm. to discuss is does it exist because <laughs> I, I read some people who are like um, mm -hmm. generally on many subjects but on this issue some of those people actually try and debunk the whole idea of white privilege saying it doesn't exist so i'm going to i just ask you i'm asking for a friend okay <laughs> <laughs> that's the title of the series does white privilege exist start with you Moeti. thank you um so white privilege yes uh, it, it does exist and uh, uh I, I i you know it is undeniably there uh, one of the things is white privilege thrives on the fact that uh, uh everything that the, the people that are and uh, you know, underrepresented, or those that are oppressed, or those that are uh, not as advantaged, uh, depend on things that are owned by those who are within the white privilege. So, therefore, that perpetuates the whole uh, uh, structural uh, process of uh, white privilege. It will, always, it is there, and it is something that people are born in and they don't have to think about no. it. It becomes normalized, and uh, it's something that, uh, to some people, you talk about it, they would be surprised that yeah. it was there, because uh, maybe they've never been in a shop and been followed by, you know, by a shopping assistant. Yes. You know, uh, they've never been uh, stopped unnecessarily by, you know, by police. Uh, they've never had to fight harder you know to to actually get a job interview or maybe even rent a house i mean there was something very recent about uh, you know um black people being at disadvantage to get uh, you know to get uh, to, to rent property yeah. uh, so there they are those things and you know the nuances of it uh, that just become normalized and people become disaffected and uh, disengaged because it is it is inbred yeah. and people either accept it or leave in it. Yeah. And 
it's just becomes part of life. I think yeah. that's really helpful because one of the things you said there is that you never think about it. And I guess until recent times and lots of people have never thought about it. Anything to add on? Yeah, on well, that? yeah, a couple of things because um, thinking about the never having to think about it and it being normalised. So, mm. for, uh, of course, it's normalised for white people. Yeah. So as a consequence of that, it, black and brown people are mm. othered. Yeah. So they become the, the other. And um, and then it's, it's normalised. So, the, you know, uh, the, the, the people that it becomes normalised to uh, cannot actually speak up for those that are affected because they, they, they don't see it as a problem. Yeah. You know, they yeah. don't. They don't and and, and that, that is where, when we talk about that disconnect, that is where, you know, this the whole recent thing about friends speaking up because yes. those that are affected, you know, comes in. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's because, like I was saying, it, it's never having to think about the colour of your skin. If, if, um, if you're asked the question, if you ask the question, uh, when did you know that you were white? Most white people wouldn't have a defining yeah. moment, yeah. but I, I would guess that most black and brown people would have a yeah. defining moment. Yeah. Even yeah. Ethan, at the age that he he is now, has already had well a, a time ago as well. Has already had his defining moment. So whether whether it's that recognition and also there's a certain um, types of conversations that happen for parents that have uh, children that are black and brown because you're having to prepare certain things and explain Mm. certain things. Whereas for white people, um, that discussion around racial uh, identity just doesn't happen. So we never consider it um, in in any part of our lives. So say, for example, you might have, say if you had a dilemma, I'm not going to pick anything massive, but say uh, a a small dilemma like where I'm going to run. I'm yeah. going to go, I want to go for a run. Now, my gender might come into that because I might think, what time is it? Yeah. How dark is it? How lonely is it? And other, or, or other areas. But my skin colour never would. Mm. However, Moeti, I'm thinking mm. if there's a certain time yeah. of day yeah. um, when you mm. would go, if you were going to go for a run, you would have, that your skin colour would then come into mm. it. And that's just one example, but it, that will go across everything mm. uh, that I never have to think about. Mm. What yeah, the colour of my skin is. I'll quickly, sorry, Paul. Yes, I'll quickly no give an example. I mean, the way the whole thing about whiteness has been normalised is, uh, I'll, I'll bring it down to the simple things like even Tarzan in the jungles is white. Yes. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, <laughs> what is Tarzan doing in the jungle? <laughs> but, but that is how. Um, you know, and, and, and it brings it down to the whole superhero thing. Yes. You know, where we can even place a superhero in actually an area or a mm-hmm. location where they actually would not be found. Yes. <laughs> but then because we want to portray it as yeah. the, the powerful, the all-conquering. Mm-hmm. It has to. Well, well let, let's talk about two examples in our field of church. <laughs> yeah, well, and, I was um, going there. Well, let, 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 let's, let, I mean, let's not say too much, but Jesus was not a white man. Nope. With blue eyes, <laughs> yet try and find a picture I of know. him. Really You've hard. tried, haven't you? For years, I've wanted a, 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 an ethnically correct nativity scene for years, yes. and it's coming. I'm going to have to have one made, I think. Yeah, um, but no, yeah, it's very difficult. And I'll tell you something worse than that, although not as popular as that, mm-hmm. is um, you may have heard of somebody they call him Saint Augustine. Mm-hmm. Well, Augustine was an African bishop, but they actually. You can find photos of Augustine as a white man, man. and he would have been a very black man yeah. from this region of Africa. Africa. 
and yet they totally changed, changed his them. skin color, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, a few hundred years ago just to norm- Make it, yeah, normalize, normalize, I guess, for a, a white. They've done, yeah, they've done that in a, for a lot of... For a lot of things, yeah. like Tarzan. I'd never thought yeah. of Tarzan. <laughs> yeah. Any other examples you would, you know, like white privilege? I think this is a very helpful conversation because like we've already said lots of people just never thought about it mm. and uh, mm. we're not condemning anyone we're not no, trying no. to no, guilt, no, 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 guilt no. anyone or shame absolutely nobody's mad at anybody for no. being white no and um and it's just it's just about um recognizing that that privilege is there yeah. exactly. and then yeah, using yeah. that privilege to benefit um the people that don't mm-hmm. that don't yeah. carry that it's about um you know, m- moving this course forward, doing doing the work on yourself, reflecting on it, having your eyes open, and then let's let's go about getting collective change. Yeah, very good. Um, but no, uh, um, um, just a thought that came yeah. to mind, and I'm sure you can relate to this: is uh, going on holiday or to certain places, uh, even uh, around this country as well, and having to think about um, what, how safe you are when you, when yes. I'm travelling with Rob and my family. Mm. Um, and you know we went away well well really wherever we go we will check out most places where we go we'll check out and um what the situation is around there and sometimes they actually write into travel books they'll say this isn't say this the avoid these areas if you if mm-hmm. you're black or brown yeah um so it's having wow. to think about that but i'm sure you yeah. can so so, so on, on, on top of that i would, I would, I would actually say um uh, it's uh, you, you know you know when you talk about you know go, go going to the different places, <clears throat> it uh, it becomes uh, you know you, you know you, you could go anywhere you can enjoy whatever, but let's look at again okay let's look at why American relocating to England okay, and then let's look at a black person yeah relocating to to Britain. Okay, so they can yeah. both come here, right? Mm-hmm. There is very little likelihood that the white person would be asked, "Where are you from?" Yes, <laughs> that. But yeah. I would be faced, even for my daughters that are born here, mm-hmm. that yes. is a question that they'll be faced with till they grow mm-hmm. old. Where are you from originally? Yeah. Where are you from? I was born in Sheffield, but where are you really mm-hmm. from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so in yes. the end, you get. And that's a privilege that we are talking about. So you, you, you know, you get the people that would then feel I belong yeah. mm-hmm. because they fuse in, yes. you know, by the color of their skin. But the question is is almost excluding you. Yes, Absolutely. exactly. It's yeah. saying you're yeah. not yeah. from here. So then, yeah. that, on the other hand, you feel like I belong. But then, if I'm going to be asked this question for the rest of my life, yes. I'm going to have dual sort of. Uh, Attachment, yeah, and yeah. this is why you get mm-hmm. a lot of black people having to have one part of their life here and one part of their life where they came from. But then the system would demand to say, "Why don't they integrate?" Yes. Mm-hmm. But then the system forgets that we perpetually are reminding these people, myself included, uh, you know, of where are you really from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you don't belong here. Let's just find out. Let's find out where you really belong. And it's the repetitiveness, isn't it, of these, what we call microaggressions. These repetitive questions or these repetitive Mm -hmm. acts that over time become tiring. Yes. Or they've been described as paper cuts or small snowflakes Mm -hmm. that eventually Mm -hmm. create an Mm -hmm. avalanche. And it's it's the deeply, deeply harmful. And Mm -hmm. um, I've actually been 
been shown to, I mean, people listening might think, oh, it's not that big a deal. That's me. I'm just interested in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm into, but it's not, there's an underlying, yeah. uh, there's an underlying um, yeah. agenda there. And not only that, as you said, that same question wouldn't yeah. be asked of wouldn't somebody asked, that, no. that was white. white yeah. um, and so these, these things over time cause harm and actually have been now shown that uh, the racial and microaggressions are showing up in fMRI uh, scans as, um, as trauma. This is right. how much of an impact it's had. So um, it's repeated. repeated and, yeah. um, and That's because the continual the continual nature. Mm-hmm. And the othering and the not belonging yep. yes. and the um, just... It, it just it just feeds that white supremacy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think you time. I think you've nailed that really well, and I think that gives me hope because I think the gospel has got the answer to that, which mm. I'll talk about a little mm. bit yeah. bit later. Um, let me ask: Do we want to take white privilege away? Okay, so I'll start. You've got you've got one minute. One minute. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so the way I'd look at it: Would I want to take white privilege away? Uh, Controversially, I would say no. Uh, as a black person, what I would want is I would want similar privilege. Yes. I want to be able to walk into any place, live, into any, live in any neighborhood, uh, apply for any job, even with my two African-sounding names, yes. without having to feel as though somebody would look at my CV and say, oh, that's a foreigner, put him yeah. to one side. Question. Exactly. So if I could have that same privilege... Let's keep it because what we don't want is to take away that privilege. We take it away, then we are actually uh, dehumanizing ourselves. Yeah, we're not yeah. advancing. We, we are we? not advancing in any way. No. So if we share, then we then collectively become part of the human race Absolutely. rather than Fabulous. you know different uh, groups. Absolutely, uh, yeah. it's yeah. about everybody being able to live their live their authentic experience yeah. yes. and be okay not have to face racial microaggressions and to face um you know a, a lack of privilege or a lack mm. of equality or a lack of access to things or or inclusion or all those kind of things it's about bringing everybody up and so if that's what i said earlier white people need to recognize that they have the privilege mm-hmm. and do something with yeah, it very good very good so in closing uh, the last thing then is what what can people do and um who want others so i would want that for you as well yeah. i would want that mm. for every black person yeah. that um any privilege i've got that mm. they would have be able to share the same privilege or the okay. same response mm-hmm. so what could people like me do to help others enjoy that same status that same standing that same yeah. privilege I, th- I think what we do need to first of all work on is a white savior mentality yeah because um the thing is if we come into contact with people and we've got the prejudice, we look at people, we've already prejudged them, we already think, oh dear, they've had, oh, they're from Africa. Probably they were walking 20 miles to go and get water. <laughs> or they were, you know, those, those things that, yeah. And by the way, yeah. <laughs> I could say a lot about those adverts. But if we can approach friendships and, uh, just genuinely open our hearts and want to know people yeah. genuinely. We've all had different experiences. Like I, you know, I, somebody that would look at me and say he was born in Africa. I've always, I was born in a house where we had, you know, uh, privilege 
yeah, and access to everything I, you know, I needed. So if somebody's going to look at me and judge me, they would miss out on my life experience and what I would bring to, yeah. you know, to that. So what, what I would say is for people to actually be able to um, make others enjoy, we need to learn each other. We need to genuinely learn what is important yeah. for each other, what offends other people, what makes them happy. That way we are able to, to deal with people as a person. So I think what you're saying is listen first yeah. and listen without defending. Without defending, yes. Yes, listen mm. and without defending anything. That, that was, well, two things I was going to say. <laughs> oh, sorry, Natalie. No, no, it's fine. Cause it, uh, I was, I got learning and listening in my mm. hands. So we yeah. learned, but I, I was going to go down the line of um, to try and encourage, implore the white people to go and learn about their own internal bias, yeah. to learn about this stuff, to read about this stuff. We live in an age of, in, of information. Ignorance is a choice now. Mm. It's all out there. Go and learn about it. It, it. it might be a bit uncomfortable at times, but it will open your eyes and you've no idea yeah. how much diff- how much more how different you will feel about humanity and how much more you'll be able to give to humanity and then secondly to listen to listen to authentic experience Mm -hmm. to listen to the people that have been screaming out for years and let's let's hand them out yeah yeah yeah, exactly that's true that's true that's true hey so before i uh, just bring and share something from scripture for us all why don't we show natalie and moetti some love come on put some clapping emojis put some love arts am i doing that right i normally get it wrong <laughs> put some love arts for natalie and moetti for sharing with and i hope you found that uh, helpful and hope hope you found it uh, helpful enough that you might take a journey of learning and listening yourself i'll see you in a moment what an incredible conversation with Natalie and Moetti. And we're so blessed at Icon Church to have so many people like that who are working on so many important issues in our time. I just want to share, just as we close, two thoughts from Scripture on racism. And the first thought is this, that racism is directly opposed to God's vision for human flourishing. I'm sure many of you know that our vision at Icon Church is human flourishing. And that comes straight out of the Bible. And we need to remember today that our church consists of people from many nationalities and many ethnicities who are united because of Jesus. But our vision comes straight from Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 27 where it says this, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. These are the verses along with those that speak of Jesus being the perfect image of God or the icon of God that caused us to change our church name to icon. But it also caused us to create our vision statement of human flourishing. Human flourishing is clearly God's design and it's seen powerfully in these verses. It says that all people are made in God's image and likeness, not just one group. It does not exclude anyone, nor does it subcategorize, organize or classify people. It does not say only white people are made in God's image. It does not say that there are any substandard categories of humans. It says that we are all made in God's image and that we are all made in God's likeness. 
these verses also tell us that we are all meant to fulfill that role given to the first humans, who were not, by the way, white Europeans. But the Bible says that we are all meant to fulfill the creation mandate, which was to make something good of this world, to make something good from the raw materials that God put into the created earth. And that calling, that high calling, is given to people of all races, of all skin colours. That is why racism is fundamentally opposed to God's vision for human flourishing. Because racism does subcategorize humans. Racism does separate us based on a variety of issues, including the color of our skin. We must recover as the church and reclaim the message that all people are created wonderfully in God's image and that all are meant to fulfill the high calling of representing God in this world and continue his work of creating from the raw materials laid down at the beginning. God clearly states that all created humans, that he created all humans in his image and he gives to all of us a God-given dignity, not just a human dignity, but a God-given dignity. When black lives are dehumanized and treated as though they don't matter simply because they're black, followers of Jesus everywhere should be able to stand up and assert without hesitation, have their Bibles open. We should be able to say that black lives matter, that black lives have dignity, worth and value, and that God created black people in his image. Black lives matter to God because the Bible teaches they matter. Racism is directly opposed to God's vision for human flourishing. This is our message. This is our stance. And secondly, racism is directly opposed to the gospel. God recreates through Jesus a diversity of different tongues, tribes, peoples, and nations into one new but diverse kingdom people. God commands us to live in pursuit of a reconciled community, a community reconciled with one another and with our neighbours in anticipation of the age to come. Let me remind us of the gospel. The gospel is not a ticket to heaven when we die, but the gospel is the reversal of fortunes for all of broken humanity. Specifically, this means that when Adam and Eve fell at the beginning of time, four relationships were destroyed and broken. Firstly, there's our relationship with God. Secondly, our relationship with others. Thirdly, our relationship with ourselves. And fourthly, our relationship with the world, the environment in which we live. The good news of Jesus is that he restores all those relationships, all four of those relationships. It's called reconciliation. Firstly, we are reconciled to God. Secondly, we are reconciled to others. Thirdly, to ourselves. And fourthly, to the world in which we live. Any other variation of the gospel is a modern construct and is not the true gospel of Jesus. The Apostle Paul deals with racial tensions in the church within the first century based on this conviction that the gospel, the good news about Jesus, brings people together, reconciles people and does not separate them. Dealing with huge tensions between Jews and Gentiles in the first church, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 15 and 16, he says this, that his purpose, that's Christ's purpose, the purpose of Jesus, 
was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, the two being Jew and Gentile, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. Paul goes on to teach in the book of Galatians that the gospel, the good news about Jesus, breaks down the dividing walls of hostility. That's a phrase he uses, breaking down the dividing wall of hostility. And racism is clearly a dividing wall of hostility that I believe can only truly be broken through the power of the gospel, through the power of Jesus. Paul says it this way. It's in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28. He says, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. I don't think it can be put any clearer than that. As Christians, we must intentionally oppose racism because it's directly opposed to the gospel and has no place in the kingdom of God. Racism segregates and alienates, but the gospel unites and reconciles. And so before we close and pray in a moment, I want to share one final verse. And again, it's from the Apostle Paul, who seems to be able to speak super clearly on these matters for us. In Galatians 6 and verse 2, he says this, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I use that verse because I want to ask as I close, how do we apply this message? Well, here's a couple of thoughts. Firstly, we act knowing that racism still exists and that it's opposed to God's vision for human flourishing and that it's directly opposed to the gospel of Jesus. And we keep saying that. We keep saying it until it sinks in. Racism is opposed to God's vision of human flourishing. Racism is opposed to the gospel of Jesus. And secondly, we use any privilege that we have to lift others. Like Paul says in these verses, we bear one another's burdens. In the very same way that Jesus bore our sin and our burdens, taking it to the cross, we bear one another's burdens. You know, I don't believe I need to become an act activist, but I do need to act. When we say Black Lives Matter, it's not that we're endorsing a politically motivated organization and a movement that's called that, but we are standing with our fellow human beings and saying, it's time for change. It's time for a shift. And we're standing together right now to see real change come right here, right now. So let's continue to declare as followers of Jesus with an unwavering voice, all humanity has been made in the image of God without exception. And that the gospel lifts every person into the high calling of image bearing humans. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you today that we can actually take this moment in this series of asking for a friend and we can talk about race, that we can acknowledge that it exists and it's still in our society and that we can also acknowledge and cry out to you that we want to make a change and we want to see a change. And so my prayer very simply is, Lord, will you fill us with the Holy Spirit? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit right now? Would you empower your church to lead the way to see reconciliation come and to see, see the privilege that some enjoy extended to all? I ask that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.
When I talked about those four relationships that were broken at the beginning of time, the first one is a relationship with God. And Jesus died on the cross so that you and I could come back into a relationship with God as our Father. You know, we say it often at Icon Church, this is not about religion, it's about relationship. And right now I want to give you an opportunity because you maybe have never said yes to Jesus. You've never thought about the fact that you and God are distant or separated. But actually right now, as I'm speaking, you're sensing that you need to know God personally in your life. And if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity right now to say yes, to to make a response and to make a decision to follow Jesus in your life. Right now in the comments on Church Online, or uh, there's a button and it says raise hand. If you're watching on YouTube, there's a link that says raise hand. And I want you either to press that button or to click that link. If you're saying, Paul, that's me. I realize I need a relationship with God. I've not got a relationship with God and I need that. Maybe you've been a religious person, but you've never had a personal relationship with God. Would you click that button? And would you, or click that link because I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. Or maybe you once knew God and you're saying, Paul, I I once knew all about this, but I've been distant and I've walked away and, and, uh, and I need to come back today. If that's you, would you click that button? Would you click the button that says raise hand? Or would you click that link that says raise hand? Because right now, whether you're doing this for the first time or this is a recommitment, this is you speaking to God and saying, God, I am coming to you right now because I want a relationship with you. So I'm going to wait five seconds and I'm going to ask you in those five seconds, as I count those five seconds, Click that button, respond to God because wherever you are, God is with you and God sees your heart and he sees your response. So come on, let's just do that in these next five seconds and then we'll pray. So five, four, three, two, one. Click that button, click that link. It's not too late if you've not done it. And then open your heart as I pray. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you right now for people who are making a response. I thank you for people who are responding to you in this moment. I pray and thank you that you're right there with them, wherever they are. And I pray they'll know that, that they'll sense your presence and they'll sense your power right in their homes. And I pray for people who are coming to you for the first time, people coming back to you, that you will fill them with your Holy Spirit and you will empower them to live not a religious life, but a life in relationship with you. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Church, have an incredible week. May God bless everything you do this week. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.